Get Pucked. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Get Pucked. Matt, Vito, and Dave here with you. We're going to talk a little bit of Canadians news with you today. Um, gentlemen, I want to start off. I want to start off right away. A lot of hot topics, a lot of things that have been out there in the past week or two. One of the at the forefront is, is uh, as some have been uh, calling him lately, Tank Commander, uh, which I think is a little bit rough. But anyways, uh, Jeff Petrie. Obviously, there's something up there. Uh, there's something rotten in Denmark with Jeff Petrie. He clearly wants out. Management came out and said they're not going to just get rid of him for the sake of getting rid of him. It has to make sense. Um, my question to you is, uh, starting with you, Vito, who is like, who would you think is the best trade partner to get it done? And and do you think it's better to do it during the season or in the off season? Ooh, best partner. Okay, I'll answer the second part of the question. Um, I think this is more of an off-season move. I don't think they're going to get what they need to get right now because of cap flexibility and all that during the tra- uh, during this trade deadline period. This is something that you want to hold out, be as patient as possible to maximize the value. Um, as some mentioned, uh, Frank Saravalli mentioned it, then I think... Um, even Elliot Friedman might have said it too, where there's there's a GM there are GMs out there that still keep Petrie in a high regard and still believe that he is the Petrie that we saw last year and in previous years. So his value is pretty much going to be the same. They know that this is an off year. People players are allowed to have an off year. You know the circumstances with his family and all that stuff. Um, Dad's partner who would be a good team? Ooh, that needs a right. Nashville comes to mind for me. Okay. I would say I would say Nashville's looking for an RD. They would like a right, uh, right-handed defenseman. Um, you know, they haven't really replaced PK Subban after he left, or Shea Weber, even for that matter, on the right side. Um, they do have uh, uh, Dante Fabro that's there and whatnot. So, but I would say Jeff Petrie would be a good fit for Nashville. And little little trailer question, just because you seem to find Nashville is the place. Is there any way that it gets done without retaining salary on him? Not not okay. If they want, if they're really pressing to make a deal by trade deadline, Montreal is going to have to retain salary. If they get to the off season, there's a chance that there are some teams that will have the flexibility to take on Jeff Petrie without retaining salary. Will it make it more enticing and add probably a bit more value to the a Jeff Petrie trade if Montreal retains salary? Probably because it will oh, still make sure. it easier for other teams, right? Yeah. But. I think that if it's the off season, you might actually get a team that doesn't that that won't, you know, Montreal won't have to retain salary on. When you look at Jeff Petrie and you're looking at six point two five million dollars for a right-handed defenseman, who, albeit this is a bad season, still gets you forty plus points, and yeah. is, a, is a good leader when he wants to be there. It's it's not, it's not expensive. Okay, so you're Nashville, you're off season, Dave. Uh, I think um, we finally found out why Jeff Petrie sucks this year. It's basically, you know, he has family issues going at home. That could affect anybody. I think that's something that, you know, everyone could relate to. And we kind of, it makes more sense, you know, how a player of that caliber just drops off the map. Um, he's going to get dealt to the States and I think they're going to do it this year. I think there's no point in trading him in the off season. I mean, there's obviously a point to trading him in the off season, but he wants to go now. So, um, I think to accommodate him, I think it, just to get, you know, things going, I think they're going to move him. That, that's the feeling I get. I think that there are teams uh, now that are kind of hungry for him. Uh, I'll go off the board. Maybe the Panthers maybe could be a cool oh, fit. Ooh, I know like, people Ooh. say the Red Wings, 
uh, Red well, Wings Red Wings, from, yeah, you know, connection. The area. And Nashville's yeah. a good one, too. I've heard that. And and it's, uh, you know, Vito made some good points there. But, I mean, Florida has some interesting, uh, you know, has some interesting pieces. And I think, you know, I I think they're second, uh, you know, obviously they have Ekblad there, but then it's Gudis, right, uh, after that. So I think that if you could get Jeff Petrie there and get, you know, maybe a first-round pick, I don't know what it gets you. Uh, but they have some interesting pieces, and I think they're just desperate enough to maybe want to go for Je- a guy like Jeff. Petrie, Something to so. note with Florida is that they don't have a first-round pick for this coming draft. Right. Which so, is I even mean, better. You could go in well, the future. They, they got a 2023 <laughs> draft, but they do have player prospects like Owen Tippett and so on. I just – For sure. They have that – I just don't know how they make the cap fit, though. You know. That's the well, only that's thing. It. They would ha- we'd have to take, in sal- take back salary. That's, that's for sure. I, I'd yeah. retain salary if I'm the Canadians and, and you want to maximize your deal, right? Especially if you're trading him in season. Um, you know, obviously everybody knows that you have a bad, you, you've been dealt a bad hand and they're going to come lowball you. But, you know, I think that the ace in the hole really is the retaining or retention of the salary. And I think that that's what you do. If you're, if, uh, if you're the Canadians, you want to show good faith to your players. You want to show like Jeff Peter doesn't want to be here. He has a family issue. People around the league can see that trade him right now. Uh, his value is not going to trust me. His value is not going to go up in the in the off season. He's, there's the Habs are still going to be handcuffed then. So might as well get a team that's a little bit desperate that, to want to add at the trade deadline and and go from there. Right on. It also brings the question, like it brings to mind the question that if Bergevin was still around, we know how attached he is to his guys. We know, like, with him, there might have been the sense of you know, maybe he takes a hit to accommodate the trade because mm-hmm. he's that kind of guy. But Kent Hughes and and, and Jeff Gordon, I, I they don't have that kind of, you know, they, they, they just got here. Not to say they're, they're bad guys and they don't care about somebody, but I really think it was a very um, smart thing for, for Hughes to say, saying it has to make sense for the team and it has to make sense for Jeff. We're very open and, and listening, but if you're not, if it's going to, we're not getting fleeced. Jeff Petrie is a professional. He'll continue to play here. He'll rebound, we'll sort something out, but he will be a hab as long as his contract is if we don't get the right deal. And I think that's that's a really comforting thing to hear. With Bergevin, I can easily see him moving him for, for low returns just to make the player happy. Again, it's it's from a business perspective, I don't think it's the best thing. There's obviously a, a personal element to it. I, I wish Jeff Petrie the best. Obviously, I don't want him to, to be suffering with family issues, but alas, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Speaking of uh players and particular situations that they find themselves in uh Carey price recently broke his his media silence uh had a had a pretty i don't know i wouldn't say like stellar presser it was very Carey price-esque you know he's, he's very stoic he's very you know uh soft-spoken and, and and gives very straight but short answers the one thing that i caught that i want to have your guys take on is he specifically said he has no plans of being anywhere else um, are you buying that? Considering that he allowed himself to be made available for the Seattle draft expansion, is that something that you you look at him take at face value and say, yep, Carey Price wants to be a Canadian. He signed that long-term contract. As he said, he has no plans of being anywhere else. Or do you think that given the right opportunity, Carey Price moves that trade clause and, and, and he goes? Dave. Um, I think he had to say that, right? I mean, what are you going to say? You shove a camera, uh, you know, you put a guy in a press conference and, and, you know, for this team, that's just having a terrible season and you just had a cup run. I mean, like it would have been chaos had he said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm open to going anywhere else. Uh, sign well, me up. They either. give these weird answers. I don't know. Like, oh, nah, you know, I mean, you never know. You never know. But no, he, he said it. he has no plans. Yeah. Look, I don't think, <laughs> uh, 
we should be reading too much into it is what I, what, what my answer will be. I think that he's a guy who's, he's a smart guy. Obviously uh, he likes it here in Montreal. He has his home here. He has his home in Brossard. He, he's, he's, he's happy here. His kids are here. His, his, his wife is here. But at the end of the day, he did make himself available for Seattle. He does realize that perhaps, you know, there's, it's might be time to go elsewhere and especially where the, where the organization is going. Now he can't say that, man. He can't say that. If he said that, man, it would have been a disaster for everybody involved. And, uh, he's too smart for that. He's too, uh, you know, he, he's a very mellow guy and he doesn't really want that attention anyway. So he said what he said. And I think that absolutely, if you could find a, a trade partner and present it to him and, and it's a team that not on his no trade movement or uh, not a place that he wa- doesn't want to go to, I think he jumps on it and, and, and you know, takes the opportunity to leave. I think God. there's a handful of teams, maybe even a, bit, a little bit less than that, that he'd be willing to lift his no movement clause to go to. And when he looks at those teams... You, there's no real fit there. Seattle being one of them, Washington being the other, and uh, Vancouver being the other team. Those are all three teams that are very close to his home, or you know whether it's Vancouver or whether it's his wife's family, whatnot. So I don't think he'd lift his no movement clause for any team. So might as well stay with the the organization that you know you've been a part of, and that at the end of the day you're still a living legend for. Stay with that team. So I think he means it, but. If you told him and came out of nowhere and said, hey, we got a trade offer that would make the Montreal Canadiens better um, and Washington wants you or Seattle wants you or Vancouver wants you, um, would you be willing to go? He may consider it. That's that's what I think about when it comes to Carey Price. He doesn't mind being here just like he didn't mind putting himself out there for the Seattle. You know, it's like I'm willing to go to Seattle. I don't think it's going to happen. But, hey, expose me because, one, my contract is huge. Two, we have my knee surgery, which was right. He hasn't played a game yet. So it's unlikely they're going to take me. But if the off chance that they do take me, uh, at least I'm going to be close to home on both fronts, for my wife and uh, for my side. So that's why he was willing to go, in my opinion. And yeah, like Dave said, he's not going to come out saying, yeah, I want out, because he doesn't want out. But depending who, he wouldn't mind going. But at the same time, he wouldn't mind staying with Montreal I because mean, it's been his identity. It's been his team. Yeah. I mean, my brother today sent me a picture of uh, – of it was a Carey Price desktop wallpaper during the centennial that I totally forgot about. It was like, man, he's been with the Montreal Canadiens for a very long time. You know, So it's like he is a Montreal Canadian. And at the end of the day, I think Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon probably have carte blanche. With the Montreal Canadiens, they could do whatever they want, but I think Jeff Molson wants Carey Price to stay. Well, Carey Price kind of holds his own future, right? It's part of that no 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 trade clause. I mean, yeah, frankly, even if they want to, if he partner. says no, well, even if there was a dance partner, I mean, he, he does hold his his future in his own hands. He, he can stay here until he retires. It's entirely up to him. Um, I just find it fascinating that he's done basically everything he can do for the organization. He he's got the records already, minus the cup. If this is a rebuild and it's going to take three, four years, I mean, he might squeeze a window of one, maybe two years once the team is kind of rolling to try to go for it. So if he's if he's prepared to do that, it's one thing. But then I, I look at it from another perspective and say, okay, well, his buddy Shea Weber is not coming back. Jeff Petrie, I also know he was close with. Looks like he's going to be gone. Um, you know, but, his, but his, Matt, his uh, friends, it's not going to be a will, rebuild. It's not going to be a rebuild. Well, as long as you have, as long as you have Carey Price and you keep certain pieces like Toffoli, Josh Anderson, and and whatnot, and you have Nick Suzuki's, you're talking about uh, uh, 
a retool, just not a marked version of a version of a retool. Well, you're banking on a lot of on like the doctors basically making him a hundred percent. I mean, he might come back and simply just not be the guy he was. He might not be, but I mean, I saw him skating today, and right, that's not game action, but he didn't look like he was somebody. I mean, it's hard to tell. You take an angle tell, all the way up from of, wherever. At the end, of, at the end of the day. I think he, his press conference, he managed expectations for people to say, hey, I may come back the same guy or I may not. Now, I we know typically knee injuries for big guys like him don't go very well. But on the off chance that it does, at the end of the day, he's always got his IQ. He's always a smart guy. He's a goalie. He, will he be a 930 save percentage goalie? No, but he hasn't been except for the playoffs for a couple of years now. Can he go back to being his, his career average and be a 91.7? Maybe. So at the same time, yeah, I get people trying to say get the cap off the books, uh, move on from Carey Price because you need to. But at the same time, if you don't have anybody in your pipeline to replace and you're going to go retain salary to hold on to him or to sorry to move him, let's say you retain half of his salary only to get another goalie at three, four, five million dollars. You're still $10 million in goaltending. Might as well keep the keep the guy you have that you know. If you do get into the playoffs, hey, now tell me his career's over. If he comes out like Ben Bishop saying, I can't do it, guys, it's a different story. But in this case, okay. we'll see. Okay. I know I know. Carey Price holds a special place in your heart. I know you he got does. a little worked up when I talk about him. I he was does. prepared for this, but okay. He Very does. good. I'm gonna okay. I gotta get bashed by a couple of friends who are Carey Price haters, but it's okay. okay. I'm excited. That's fine. No problem. I appreciate it. I do, however, have a question, maybe with two gentlemen that perhaps you're not you're fond of, but not as fond of. And, and it makes me wonder if you need to add a sweetener to a deal, if you want to offload perhaps a price or perhaps a, a Gallagher or a Peachy with these big price tags and, and not to retain salary, they're saying you got to add you got to add a prospect. You got to add a top grade prospect and we'll make it work. Who is more as an untouchable for you? Who's who's more irreplaceable on the team going forward? Cole Caulfield or Romanov? Dave, because Vito just spoke for that, an hour. That's easy for me. That's <laughs> easy for me. I, I think Alexander Romanov is the untouchable one. I think that he's proven he could be an NHL defenseman. He's proven he has potential. He's proven everything. Plays the right way. He's exciting. He hits. He can move the puck. I think Romanov is an asset that you keep absolutely uh, going forward. Cole Caulfield... Uh, you know, I was never really sold on him. I, I think that's, that that's future back. forty goal scorer Cole Caulfield. Yeah, I'll have you know. Future, I mean, yeah, exactly. To me, it's <laughs> uh, it was no secret that you know he looked good. He, he but I kind of always had a little bit of doubt with him, and I think it's been proven right this season. Is there potential there to have forty goals? Sure, fine, maybe. But um, you know that it's more. Are you of a ready long to give up on him? Point. Are you I'm prepared not giving to give up, up on him per se? Look, he's a first round pick. He, he's entertaining. You could see him. You could see he has the skill. Um, you could also see he gets in his own head. You could also see that when he faces top notch NHL competition, he doesn't have it yet. He's young for sure. There's a lot of things to that, the factors that could be at play here. Uh, I'm not giving up on him for sure. Um, but if you're asking me, who am I going to give up on right as of right now? First, either him or Romanov. I'm not giving up Romanov. I like Romanov. I think that he fits the 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 bill for 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 the Habs. I think that he's he's going to be a great uh, defenseman in the NHL. Whereas, you know, 
Cole Caulfield, I'm not sure what he is yet, but I, I still, you know, he's a very, very, very short guy. And 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 I don't say this as if like I know there's other players like, but like you can tell it's wearing on him. Like I don't know, I I, I don't know how else to nah, say. Listen, it. Listen, I hear you. He's young. He's still got the. He's grown into the man body still kind of analogy that people say. He is small. There's a max in terms of size that he can possibly get to. 100. percent 100. percent He's not going to be. An Alex uh, Rom- uh, Romanov. The He's not going to be an Alex Ovechkin type guy from that same position scoring goals. He's going to have to figure out other ways to do it, without question. So you're a Romanov guy. Yeah, for sure. If we're talking right now, right we now, okay. Right so now. then, because the Montreal, right Montreal cannot afford to lose any more defensemen, let alone a young one like Romanov, I'm going to have to go with Romanov. But I, that doesn't mean I give up on Cole Caulfield. I do think that Cole, Cole Caulfield has the potential to be a very good goal scorer. Um, I mean, I'm not going to put him at Alex Ovechkin levels. That's just f- fucking ridiculous. But to say that, like, he can be a 25, 30 goal scorer, I'll manage, the ex- I'll tame the expectations a little bit instead of saying 40. Um, yeah, I do think so. I just think that there are enough left wingers or enough right wingers, wingers in general, that you can acquire to make up some of the goal scoring. And right now, Montreal albeit a depleted roster as it is, they have a couple on a normal season, they have a couple of 25 plus to 30 goal scorers. What they don't have is a Romanov. And if you get rid of Romanov, Montreal on the back end is going to be in trouble. They, they can't, they can't find a suitable replacement for a Shea Weber. And if they get rid of, if they, if they trade away Petrie and you're not bringing in another defenseman on the right side back, and you also get away, you, you, you know, get rid of Romanov, who the hell's left? I mean, there's always so much Chris Weidman I can handle. So what if I change the question a bit? Maybe, maybe this completely turns it the other way. But instead of Romanov, what if I throw Gouli instead? You still feel the same way? You still feel the same way. Mm. Montreal's future strength, if you want to say, based on, you know, talk uh, it, right now, their assets and, their, and the prospects, their strength is on defense. And that's because there's somebody like Gouli in the pipeline. That's because you have potentially Harris if he signs. That's that's also because you have Struble's and so on. If you start trading away those, and the fact that you know there's not that much in terms of offense, then what does Montreal have in the cupboard left? No, very true. Listen, I feel like someone wound you up today. You're 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 going on. You're spitting me. I don't I'm know what you're doing. You, you were excited for this one. All right, I'm baby. Okay. On coffee. All right, let's go. Let's go. Um, my next question for you uh, comes to uh, again an individual who you both are incredibly fond of, uh, Dom Ducharme. Uh, some are saying with the tank in progress that even with that being said, Dom doesn't finish the season. Uh, others are saying he shouldn't finish the season, but he might. Uh, what do you think? Should he finish it or should he be relieved ASAP because every second he's behind the bench, more damage is getting done? Or do you keep him there because he, with him there, you're basically assured have his finish in the bottom like two? Go, Dave. <laughs> I, uh, I'd keep him there. Um, I'm not a big Dom Desham guy, but I don't think, uh, I don't believe in the, concept of like oh this coach scarred a player can uh, the only way you do that is when you rush players at a young age and put them into awkward situations which i think uh dom Deschamps is doing the absolute opposite of that so um if anything i i 
I think that it's fine. Leave him there. Um, he's not coaching up a storm. He's fine. He's doing okay. He's perfectly in line with what you want to do. You want to tank that season, then he's the guy for it. Um, he'll have gotten his opportunity. He won't be shortchanged. And there's no point in bringing another coach in because if you go and you get another coach, all right, and odds are they're going to get an inexperienced coach because you're not going to go recycle Alain Vigneault. You're not going to go recycle Claude Julien or Michel Terrier. Okay. So you're going to get an inexperienced French Canadian coach. That's what we're, that's, we can all call it. There you go. That's you're, you're kind of. Going into my uh, my pick, he I've I've spoke about it before. He's my pick for the next coach of the Montreal Canadiens would be Pascal Vincent. Okay. If you bring him in with this roster, if you bring him in with this team, and they continue to lose, well, then the luster's off gone on him by the next by by this time next season. Are you that excited to going into next season with a coach who also went uh, freaking with eight wins in half a season? No. So what's the point of changing your culture? So, right so now? I mean, so I don't I believe in really, losing culture. I don't. Okay. So, and, th- and that's more my question, right? So you don't believe that having Dom stay here to the end of the year is going to do any like further damage or harm the younger players or anything with their development. I believe in losing culture when you keep the coach and you keep the manager and it's the same old, same old. If you change that coach, the culture is completely new. It's a new guy comes in and sure you might have a guy who's down in the dumps, who's doubting himself, but that's on the new coach to, to build up again and, and work at it. These guys are professionals, man. It's not a guy in your room in, in Bantam double B who, you know what I mean? These guys are professional adults. Okay. So I don't believe in, in a culture, you know, lasting that long and, oh, he's been, he, he played 47 games under Dom Ducharme and now he's gone. His, his career's over, you know, like, I don't believe in that. And Dom Ducharme is not as much as we hate him and we, and we despise him. Look at what he's been dealt with, the hand he's been dealt with. Okay. True. So, True. so, I mean, as much as we say he's a terrible coach, he's not, we don't know yet how terrible he is. So I, I think he gets to say, I think, I, I think he gets to stay to the end of the year, and I, I don't think there's any positive in removing him whatsoever. Fair if, say. If Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes had a coach in mind, and that coach is available today, they would have already replaced the charm. I think they're going to get keep him till the end of the year. There's no point. But I will. I a part of me does think that keeping him at the same time does hurt the development of certain young kids who are not keen on his style or he's not using them to their strengths and, and whatnot. So that in that regard, it but, might hurt them. But it's not but five I, years, right? Like, like Cole Caulfield is not spending five years doing nothing on the fourth line. He's spending 40 something games, 50 games, 60 games, 41 games left. Okay. He's going to play those 41 games and then he's going to get a shot in the arm when the new coach comes in. Like if, if, if he's already, if there's damage done to him for, because of that, well, then he, he probably was never going to make it in the NHL. But it's still game. a 40-game setback. When you think of mm-hmm. it, it's still half a season that you set a, a player's development back. I get what you're saying, but if imagine a half a season of this garbage and not being utilized properly and, and hurting your confidence and hurting your value and not using you to your strength. Like, a goal scorer needs to score goals. And if you're not putting him in a position to be able to score goals, then you're not what are you there for so then you start to question your purpose as a hockey player question your your purpose as a as a person where do you where's your role fit who are you and it's and that's how much damage a coach can do to a young kid to a veteran it's different a veteran who's been playing 15 years 10 years he's going to say i know what i'm capable of doing i know what i have done my legs still work my brain still works i can do this 
Now, we're not talking about 38, 39-year-old players. We're talking about young kids where they are fragile at the beginning, and especially in, a, in, in the world that we live in today. It doesn't take much to get into a player's head, especially a young kid. So that's where I look and I say, okay, somebody like Dom Ducharme, Dom Ducharme could mess things up and could fuck things up for younger kids. Now, you're also seeing certain veterans that are not really gravitating to his play style or not really going for liking it. Petrie has even said, you know, uh, in previous interviews that, you know, you don't really know where to, where to place yourself in a sense. And I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what he said, but, and it's like disorganized. That's his coaching system. And his coaching system, we've said it is, what the fuck is it? So would I keep Dom Ducharme to the rest of the season? On one side, you look at it as globally in the big picture and probably be like, yeah, just keep him. You're already paying him. How much more money is Jeff Molson going to lose on coaches and administration and so on? But on the, on the flip side, if you're really focused on the development of players and they all, you know, Kent Hughes interviewed all the players apparently. And if they're all coming out saying, yeah, we don't know what the hell Dom Ducharme's still doing. Nice guy, but coaching, uh. And people outside in the media are also saying coaching, uh. Then they got to do something about it. Even if that means just like getting rid of him with no coach, like like having an interim, like Luke Richardson taking over or whatever, like just to do that? They're probably better off. Like if, you, if you're going to, go that way and say, okay, we don't have the head coach we want because maybe we don't have the team's permission. Maybe he's currently on another roster as an assistant coach uh, or whatever the case may be. Then yeah, you're probably better off if he's actually causing uh, a certain level of toxicity within the room. Let Luke Richardson do the rest of the season. Okay. But it all depends. We're not in the room, so we don't really know. Well, that's we're, why I asked for your opinion. Yeah, we're on the surface. <laughs> and not just for the facts. And by the way, Pascal Vincent is your guy. There is one guy that his name has been circulating around, and they, people feel that his he might have changed his ways a little bit and is a bit Bob more, Hartley. No, Guy Boucher. What do you guys oh. think? No, thank you. Okay, I don't think so. That's all. Guy Boucher, so. okay, is, is the coach who comes in and he gets everyone to play well. And they play well for 45 games, and then everybody gets tired of Guy Boucher's shit. And then that's so, it. Okay, then, so Claude Julien. Okay. And Guy thing. Boucher, yeah. And like enough again. Again, to me, the re, the retreads of, of old old coaches. Dave wants all in. new. New management, new everything. Coach never coached before. He wants a fresh new everything. <laughs> the, the other thing you got to consider, too, right? Man. I don't blame I, him. I, I had you coach comes in. Man. The, the other thing, too, you got to consider, a new head coach comes in. What do you do about Burroughs and Richardson, who are also resigned to three-year contracts? I would keep them. I, I mean, it depends. It depends on what the coach will want to do, yeah, right? I guess the head coach chooses. But yeah. imagine they say the head coach comes in and says, "No, I want my own guys." How many more coaches, whether they're assistants, associates, whatever, general managers? Is Jeff Bolson? Jeff Bolson's got there's, so much money. Bad, right man, that's, 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 it, there's, that's the point. There's no salary cap. We, we talk about all the time. Salary cap is handcuffing everybody. Well, there's no salary cap in coaches. So just get the best at all yeah. times to make your team work and just pay the bills for whoever. Pay these guys. Oh, yes. well, it's a loss for you. Suck it up and uh, but, but just, $3 just think more of it for a, a second. Dog. Just think of it for a second. You had Michel Terrier at a point, which, is, by the way, his contract is off the books, but at a point that's $3.5 million for about a year or two where he wasn't doing anything. Fast forward, you got Claude Julien at $5 million a year. His coach is for two or three years. Two years, nothing. Mark Bergevin had the rest of this year getting paid, nothing. Then after, if you get rid of Ducharme, Burroughs, and Richardson, is it, nothing. Is it your Bye. money? No, 
it's not. They just you got to think of it from that perspective. No, you got to think of it as a business owner. And as a business owner, Jeff Molson, if he's worried about pinching the salaries of the coaches, which let's be real, are not exuberant, right? No one's making five million on this roster. You know, I think Dom Ducharme is a mill a half a year. 1.7, I believe. Or 1.7, whatever. Like, if that's going to stop you from making moves, then Jeff Molson's in trouble, man. Like, financial no, I'm trouble. Saying, I'm not I'm not even... I'm not even insinuating it's that. A clean, I'm just saying I believe it's, it's, it's a, crazy. Yeah, it sucks. From, it sucks for, for everybody. For a middle class but... person to look at that, that's, that's some crazy money being well, thrown for a bird. Listen, it, it is what it is. Right. I do, I do, however, have one final question for you guys. Um, something just, you know, I've decided to make up off the top of my head. Keeping it under the age of, let's say, 24. We're looking at young guys. Don't give me no McDavid's. Don't give me no Crosby's and no Vetchkin's. Not that. That's not what I'm looking at. I want the young guys, the young superstar, okay? Keep that in your head. If you had the capability to just pluck one from another team and place them on the Montreal Canadiens for a guaranteed eight-year contract, forget money, forget this. That doesn't matter. You just managed. It just happened. It happened. It could be from any team. Who is the one young superstar, whatever you want to call them, that you would love to have on this team for the next eight years? I I got mine already. Uh, well, first off, does Austin Matthews qualify? I think he's he just turned twenty four. You know, does let's, he qualify? let's is it say no. And under or let's okay. say no. It's not, under twenty four. Let's say would no. Be, uh, would be Makar in, in, in Colorado. <laughs> Kale McCarr is a stud, man. He's uh, he's exactly what this you need in this in today's NHL. He's uh, he's perfect, man. I'd, I'd love that player on on any team. Modern day Paul Coffey, modern day Bobby Orr. What would you what would you call him? modern day what? Wow, forget modern day. They forget the comparisons to old uh, old uh, he's, uh, old players. He's special player. He's he's Kale McCarr. He's the modern day Kale McCarr. That's who. He yeah, is. he's he's a special player, no doubt. That no would doubt. be my. Uh, that would be my. Who pick. who do you got? Oh, I'm just, it's a tough question because like, it could be I mean, anybody. There's it so be, many that are anybody. up and coming now. And you're just like, you're looking and you're seeing so many new kids and new faces blossoming at this. Like, I mean, off the top of my head, that's, I, I would have said Kale McCart. Unfortunately, you asked for Dave's, uh, to answer first, but. Damn you can it, say I, Kale McCart too, if you want, you just no, be on original. No, 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 I, I like Adam Fox. I, I would probably go just because you could see the skill level and he's bring he's changing hockey before our eyes. And it's Trevor Zegers. He's doing things that uh, that offend a goalie. He's doing things that are rubbing old coaches the wrong way. Well, you know what I mean? Torts. <laughs> right? He's yeah. rub, he's doing we before you wouldn't see it would be rare you see a player doing pulling off the Michigan. This guy's done like two or three times already this year. This yeah, no, year, he's he's an exciting kid. That's that's a good pick. I think that's a good pick too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Trevor Zegers. Um, I mean, there's so many I could think of. You know, Adam uh, Adam Fox is one uh, yep. you'd want. You know, I mean, the guy's an, again a Norris candidate again. Oh. Andrei Sveshnikov, I think, would be another. Sveshnikov. Sveshnikov uh, is a good one. I mean, have for, you, did, I'll, I'll did tell you, see, you mine. Did you see Anton I'll, Lundell from yesterday? I mean, yeah, I'll tell you mine. I I just looked him up, and and I kind of boned myself on the question because he is apparently twenty four. I didn't I didn't think he was, <laughs> but but disqualified. he is. Uh, so my, I'm disqualified, but I'm going to say it anyways. I would take Krill the Thrill Kaprizov. 
yeah. That's who oh, I would take. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't sure. think of him. That's who I would take. He came, he came he's so late to the NHL. Well, it's against the rules. I'm sorry. Sorry, Matt. I'm sorry. Listen, my question, my question, I can do what I want. I can do what I want. I can do what I want. I'm taking Krill. This kid, Minnesota, is so lucky, so lucky to have a talent like that to be around for as long as he's going to be around. Just watching him play, they can lose 4-1. But every time this kid's on the ice, it's worth the price of admission. And I don't recall the last time we had a forward because watching Price do what he does has always been fun. But you want you want offense. I feel like most fans want to see fanciness happening in, in the Ozone more than a great save. And I don't remember. I mean, PK was kind of flashy for a bit. It was fun to watch him out there. Again, defenseman, not quite the same thing. He would he would do 64 pirouettes. Well, he does his pirouettes, but, but he was somewhat – he was he just had an energy about him. There was an exciting element when he was on the ice. And I just don't – aside from him, I can't think – I mean, like – You mean for Montreal? Yeah, you got to go back. The, the last, you the go last back. player that was, exciting, yeah, that was exciting for Montreal was Kovalev. And Kovalev. you could even give it to PK – he did get fans off their seats. No, no, for sure. At times. For sure. But it's just it's just unfortunate. Like, Kovalev was a hab for how long? Three years? Four. Four years? I mean, yeah, four years is nice. But, I mean, it'd be nice to be able to finally draft somebody who's going to be around. You sign long-term, and it's like – like, Suzuki is going to be a stud. I believe it. Whether he's a bona fide 1C, I'm, I still uh, don't know. But I, he'll I, be I a believe, stud. I be- but I he's not believe- – He's I not like believe, a, a Svechnikov or, or a Kaprizov or any of these I, guys. I do believe that if Montreal wins the lottery draft this year and they draft Shane Wright, Shane Wright will be a point-of-game player and will be exciting enough. Will he be at Trevor Zegers level skill that they could do something Deacon entire? I don't think so, but he'll be an exciting piece. Probably one of the more exciting pieces that Montreal has drafted in a very long time. Yeah, exciting though. I don't know, man. Like Patrice, uh, Patrice Bergeron, for example, okay? Like... Is he? He's not that. He's an amazing player. Don't get me wrong. And he's he's phenomenal. And he's like so clutch. And you need a player like that to win the Stanley Cup. But is he like exhilarating to watch play hockey? I don't know. And that's what. No, Shane but and, but there's a handful. There's not that many players. In but I think that's what Matt that are, was was saying. Right? I, yeah, was I'm more. I'm. I, yeah, exactly. I think Dave Dave got the essence of the question a little bit more. It's like someone that's. You can take that excite like your Zegers answer was solid, right? He does fancy shit. Kale McCarr does amazing moves. These are exciting and top level players. Krill Kaprizov does exciting stuff. There's nothing wrong with if you would have taken, uh, you know, one of the more low key guys like an Adam Fox. He he's not going to get your blood pumping, but this guy's going to win a Norse. Uh... He's a fantastic defenseman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just different different strokes. I'm not saying that guys like that are not fun to get. I was just like. It's been a while since, you know, you got a guy, and like that's why I I saw Kaprizov do do a highlight thing, and that's where the question came from. Like just to see it happen is such a like a joy to watch as a hockey fan. We have we haven't so we haven't had a player that gave us a wow moment in in a while. The only person who I could say was giving it to us on a consistent basis was a big save, and it was Carey Price, where you're like, oh shit. Oh yeah, no, 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 Jesus no doubt. Christ, no look doubt. what he did, or but you know, totally. the theme song plays after he makes yeah. a big save. Like, it's it's yeah. just we haven't seen that. And you're right, Montreal has been deprived of that for a very long time. And given where hockey is going, and given the next generation of fans that want to see that level of skill, that's where Montreal needs to go. 
to get a certain level of viewership, to get certain fans engaged, and to think of the future. Well, I agree. Well said. I agree. Well said. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. You answered the questions admirably and relatively decently for the most part. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Me. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, for everyone else, we thank you again, as always, for listening. Uh, it really uh, makes us happy to, to know that uh, many people now, by the looks of it, are enjoying the content. So we're very happy for that. And we're going to keep the ball rolling and keep it going for a couple more, for sure. Um, definitely check us out on social media. Uh, you'll see the upcoming episodes as they come out, and you'll get some some sort of updates as that happens. Uh, and as always, Dito, Dave, myself, Matt, we thank you. And this was Get Bucked. Peace. Get pucked.